and welcome to the British Continental Podcast, brought to you by Continental. Continental have been supporters of the domestic road scene for over 25 years. The go-to tyre brand for elite riders, from the off-camber cobbled corners of the Durham Tour Series to the farm tracks of the Cycle Classic. Hello, I'm Denny Gray and welcome to episode 7 of our Tour of Britain Diaries. The break had its day on stage 7 and we very nearly had the first ever stage win by a British Continental team too. With plenty to reflect on, our diary dispatches today come from Ribblewell Type Pro Cycling DS Colin Sturgis, Canyon DHB Sungob Pair, Rory Townsend and Ryan Christensen, Swift Carbon Pro Cycling's Andy Turner and Bob Donaldson from the Great Britain team. Stage 7 was from Howick to Edinburgh and just as on stage 6, getting into the break was half the battle in itself, with six riders eventually going decisively clear. The sex deck was made up of the Koenig Quickstep pair, Eve Lampert and David Ballerini, Matteo Jorgensen from the Movistar team, Pascal Inkhorn from Jumbo Visma, as well as domestic team riders Matt Gibson from the Ribblewell Type Pro Cycling Squad and Christopher Blevins from Trinity Racing. They built a lead of nearly 10 minutes and were allowed their head coming into Edinburgh as Ineos Grenadiers controlled the gap to ensure the race didn't come back together to give Wout van Aert any opportunity to collect time bonuses to threaten Ethan Hayter's lead. Blevins was the first to be distanced with 20 kilometres to go on an unclassified climb out of Ford before Lampert attacked with 8.5 kilometres left, splitting the group. Jorgensen reacted first to get onto the former Belgian champion's wheel, with Gibson putting in a concerted effort to then get across to the pair, reaching them with five kilometres remaining. The trio distanced St. Corn and Ballerini, and then coming into Hollywood Park, Gibson's well-tall rivals used their experience to force him to lead out the sprint. Belgian rider Lampert came around him to take De Koenig Quickstep's first victory in the race, with Jorgensen in second and Gibson in third. Behind, race leader Hayter finished safely within the peloton to retain his overall lead and move within a day of becoming the first British winner of the national tour in five years. Our diarist Bob Donaldson also finished with Hayter in the main bunch, while Rory rolled in nearly eight minutes back in 89th. Rory's teammate Jacob Scott retains the Skoda King of the Mountains and Iceberg Sprints jerseys, and he will win both, providing he finishes the final stage. Speaking of which, Stage 8 is from Stonehaven to Aberdeen over 173 kilometres and incorporates three classified climbs, including the famous climb of Cano Mount early on in the stage and three intermediate iceberg sprints. From a domestic team point of view, the story of the day was definitely Matt Gibson's fantastic third place. So let's kick off by hearing from his boss, Riverwell type pro cycling DS Colin Sturgis. Hi everyone, this is Colin Sturgis and this is my Tour of Britain Stage 7 debrief. Um, just due to um, trying to work out logistics of um, tomorrow's stage, fit in a team meeting um, and uh, trying to work out how to get um, many people and several vehicles home tomorrow. I am going to have to keep this one very short. I'm already uh, pretty late in getting this to the British Continental, so my apologies. Um, but I'll give you a quick uh, synopsis of how the day went. It was a very, very tough day out, um, quite windy, quite up and down. 
and um, 194 kilometres, so uh, not the easiest day on a bike ever. Um, fortunately, uh, we had Matt Gibson in a move of 10, which soon whittled down, and uh, he was in the remaining six riders. At one stage, the break got out to eight minutes, uh, and then was pegged back by a few teams just controlling it and riding tempo in the front. Um I mean, an amazing group to be in. Uh, he was up there with Moby Stars, uh, Matteo Jorgensen, Lampere and Ballerini from De Kooning Quickstep, uh, Ecorn from Lotto Jumbo and Young Lad from Trinity Racing. So quality, quality riders. Um, the Young Lad from Trinity um, dug deep but eventually just tailed off. Um, leading into Edinburgh, which is a shame to see. You never see, want to see a young guy, you know, sort of get dropped from a break, but he did a good job. And that left Matt with five. And we're thinking, yeah, you know, this is great. This is one in five chance now. Um, and then we were thinking, yeah, hang on a minute. What happens if they start mucking around and Ballerini and Lampere start one-twoing them? And Matt took it on himself to sort of basically uh, have a go himself which was fantastic to see hit them a few times um, and just sort of you know played played smart with it all ultimately uh, Jorgensen and Lampere went away and we thought oh well you know what it's still good you know there's a possible third here um, Ballerini wasn't going to ride um, and the jumbo rider at Eacorn thought, yeah, you know, well, got to do something. But then Matt hit them, went really deep, really, really deep uh, to get across to Lampere and Jorgensen, which he eventually did. And then we uh, we knew straight away. I mean, we were, I was driving behind Max Giandri in the movie star car and uh, sort of sneaking out, having a look around. And, yeah, you could see sort of the head had gone down. Uh, and Baller, you know, Ballerini wasn't going to give uh, Ecorn a turn, so you know it's pretty simple. The three of them went away, and then we really started believing, you know, wow, this could this could actually, uh, you know, this could work out for us really well. I was trying to give Matt as much information and um, most of all just a, a lot of belief and a lot of encouragement without getting, you know, too psycho on the uh, on the rider radio there. Um, and yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of finger crossing and, and, you know, just hope for the kid. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's a phenomenally talented, uh, guy. And, uh, you know, we were just, just hoping for the best for him. Um, gotta say, Jorgensen and Lampere, you know, played, played, the, played the game, um, sat on him, let him lead it out. And, uh, when he hit out, we thought, well, you know, his, Here's nothing, you know. Well, you, you just don't know at that time, do you? And uh, yeah, he uh, he rolled the dice and um, just came up short. Good win for Lampere, Jorgensen second, and a fantastic, fantastic third for us uh, with Maddie Gibson. Uh, the lads rolled in safe in the bunch. Um, unfortunately, it was a bit of a bingle um, within the last K. Uh, and um, Griff and um, a couple of the lads got caught behind, obviously, but uh, no change on GC. So James is still 14th um, and home safe and sound. Um, so, yeah, um, sorry if this is a little bit repetitive and um, not as uh, sort of uh, upbeat as I'd, as I'd like. As I say, um, I'm 
rushing around like a mad thing and I've got phone calls coming in from riders now to say, are we having our team meeting? Yes, you are. Give me a chance, lads. I'm coming. Right, so back tomorrow. Um, It's the last stage. So um, we will be ordering pizza for the lads uh, and I will be having a beer. Um, And I might even sneak one in tonight after the team meeting. Um, Seen a couple of old friends of mine, uh, Rodding Langworth and um, Brett Lancaster are in the same hotel. Um, Cherie Prudhomme's here, so um, might just sort of catch up with a couple of other DSs and have a have a bit of a yarn. Um, but yeah, all the best, and I shall speak to you all tomorrow. Hooray! One of the riders that ever so nearly made it into the winning break was Canyon DHB Sun God's Ryan Christensen. The New Zealander, nicknamed Kiwi within the team, has taken on the role of road captain recently and has been in fine form too. We asked Dolly Gray from Hunt Bike Wheels to put some questions to him. Uh, so, Ryan, uh, stage seven done today? Was it, was it stage seven? Stage, stage seven, seven yeah. Jesus. It's like close to the I'd, end. I'd love to check a time. Um, that looked really tough. Um, but looking back overall, how's the how's the whole race sort of been for you? Uh, it's, been, it's been actually really good for, as in, for myself. Um, I was obviously hoping to get into... A few. Well, I wanted to get into a break at least today or tomorrow, um, and hopefully that was going to go to the line. That today was your big opportunity, but um, obviously didn't have the minerals at the at the start there with those big guys, um, which is unfortunate. But overall, the whole race, uh, I've really enjoyed myself. Um, I've enjoyed being part of the team and obviously calling the shots more and more on the road with the guys and be more of a captain role this year um and obviously seeing the s- success for our team and and uh yeah it's been really good cool uh you had any particular high moments so far and any low points our uh, high moments uh yeah jake going getting the points jersey with and the KM jersey uh and securing it with two stages to go uh actually double um rory getting two top tens on the first two stages as well mm. low points just first crash first day 18k in. yeah a lot of people felt that yeah yeah um so you said your role's been a little bit more of a sort of road captain this year how have you how have you found that that's been have you sort of relished that opportunity um yeah i've, I've really enjoyed it um going back to my last two or three years with the team i've been having like Andy Tennant or Tom Stewart as my captains and kind of like filling into their, their role as such this year has been, has been actually really nice for me because it essentially takes the pressure off me because I can help the boys and become more of a mentor on more row captain and like calling shots. I really enjoy that. Mm. Um, but also it also gives me the opportunity to kind of um, – Essentially, just read the race a lot more better for myself mm-hmm. going forward to like bigger teams. Yeah. Um, talking about today, um, what was the plan sort of going into the stage and sort of talk us through how that how it played out? I mean, obviously we know how it played out, but <laughs> let's say, well, how was it from, from uh, your eyes? So, f- team chat was to put me and Bozza into the break um, and hoping that would go to the line, which obviously it did. We we thought that it would, and and it very nearly looked like you and Bozza. 
were to be. In yeah, it, well, 15 minutes in, me and me and Bozza were there with a group of, was 11 riders, I think, um, and just got dispatched over one of those last climbs mm. um, before it started dropping down into the valley. So, yeah, we almost made it, but, um, yeah, unfortunately we didn't. Yeah, That's, uh, it was a... Yeah, it was a break of absolute hitters, so that's probably fair play. Uh, one more stage left. What's the plan? Do you think I mean, there's a possibility based on how the GC sits now and how Ineos might want to run that stage? There's a possibility it could happen again. How do you see it? What's the plan? Uh, I think uh, definitely going to be nailed on a bunch of sprint. Kev still wants to win his Tour Britain stage victory. Um, and also Wout well, Van Aert wants to climb those four seconds to get the overall for tomorrow so in that saying and you also probably want a break to go to the line but quick step and Yambo yeah. will ride it for a sprint uh for our opportunity we will probably put Bozza in the best position possible Rory in front of that myself and see if we can get another top 10 if not put podium for Bozza yeah, round off what has been a pretty successful week overall, I think it's fair to say. Um, and then after that, what's what's next for you? What does the rest of the, the year look like? Have you got more racing planned? Uh, yeah, I sh- should be racing at Holland Cup at the end of this month. Um, hopefully increasing my points that I managed to get third on just before into this race. So um, that will be my next target. And then I'm back to New Zealand after that. Cool. And you spend the winter in very commas over there enjoying the sunshine yeah, whilst we're all miserable doing cyclocross. Yeah, follow the summer around. Cool. Good stuff. All right, Brian, thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers. As regular listeners will know, sadly, Andy Turner from Swift Carbon Pro Cycling had to withdraw from the race yesterday. But fortunately for us, he's back here on the podcast with a dispatch taking you inside what happened within the team today. Hey, Andy here. So from what the guys have said, today was another hard stage with the World Tour guys drilling it massively. Um, I had to get in the break at the start, or then with Ineos controlling the pace up the climbs. So another day where everyone felt like it was properly tough. Um, everyone on the team finished all right, and I think they're all looking forward to one more day to go. Uh, I just made sure I was sort of getting bits and bobs ready for them at the start, like making sure everyone had the radios, that they were checked and working, the right food, glasses cleaned and various bits and pieces, um, timings for sign-on and such. Uh, not much, to be honest, compared to what all the other staff members do with getting the food sorted, the race food, the food for afterwards, cleaning the bikes, getting the bikes sorted. There's a lot going on behind the scenes and everyone's pretty much flat out from before the riders wake up to after the riders go to sleep um so yeah it's, i think alex was trying to get in the break today but was unfortunate not to get into there fair play to matt gibson and a great result there for him and yeah one final chance tomorrow i think the consensus is it's probably going to be a sprint stage uh, maybe a small break get let up the road and then control it over that first so longer, steeper climb, and then pretty quick running. See how that goes. Um, but yeah, it's slightly frustrating not being in the race myself, but it sort of helps the fact that I've still been feeling sick today. So I know that it was not just a sort of 
on the day feeling. Uh, but yeah, one final day and we'll see what the team can do then. Rory had a theoretical rest day today, although as he explains, it wasn't that straightforward. In his dispatch, he also answers questions from Twitter. One from Alex Marr, who asks, how do you manage to recover the day after being in a long break when there's such a high standard in the peloton? And also one from Flying Cloud, who asks, when riders are tired at the end of a tour, how they find the motivation and inner strength to continue to compete. So the plan for today um, was, yeah, to get uh, to get one or two of us in the move initially. Um, we felt like today there could have been a... Um, that it was going to be a move that would stick because Ineos wanted uh, would want a, a move out front to to take the bonuses. So yeah, we felt like it would be a good move for the day. And um, clearly, a lot of other people had the same aspirations because yeah, it was a it was a pretty mad fight um, to get in there. And we were in a situation where it was looking really promising, um, but the race just didn't didn't ease up, and um, it sort of went away from us a little bit. Which was yeah, just a, a bit disappointing, but couldn't couldn't be helped. Um, so yeah, it, w- it was a really tough day. Um, it was a really tough day, even in the bunch, to be honest. Um, Ineos set a pretty hard tempo, and <clears throat> the way the wind went, it just meant that even in the wheels, you weren't really uh, you weren't really getting much recovery. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was a tricky day. Um, in in the end, um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't feel like I had great legs off the back of yesterday, so um, I felt like I would just sort of, you know, do, try and get through the day with as little damage as possible, um, and set my sights on trying to have a better have a better day tomorrow where I could be more competitive um, and you know be competing for potentially a better result. I just felt like it wasn't worth investing loads into a day where. I was going to get like an average result um, at best. So, um, yeah, as we came into town, I just sort of um, eased up when it when it was appropriate and, um, yeah, switched my focus for tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be it's, – it's a hard one to read. Um, every year, like, the last day tends to be carnage. So um, I'm just going to, yeah, go in with a pretty open mind and expect the unexpected. But I think – Within five minutes, we'll roughly know how the day is going to turn out because, yeah, I think we'll get uh, we'll get an idea of what sort of teams are trying to go in the go in the move and whether or not Quickstep, for example, uh, uh, you know, still trying to battle for GC or whether or not they're just going to try and um, uh, go for a stage with Mark. Um, so it's very much going to be reactive. Um, uh, to answer the questions. Um, I suppose any time that we're outside of the race uh, is a time that we're, you know, we're we're spent purely recovering. Um, So you do get quite a, you know, a different um, sort of perspective on it. Like, because, you know, any time outside of the race, we're usually absolutely knackered or on our knees. And by the time the race is about to kick off again, we're just about, um, you know, feeling, feeling human again. So, you know, that might explain why, um, how, you know, it seems so ridiculous that we can get back on, but more often than not, you know, before the race starts, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of freshness coming back. Um, yeah, obviously yesterday took a lot out of me and, um, 
you know, it is possible to to give yourself a slightly easier day, which is what I try my best to do today. Um, just avoid any like massive efforts at the start. You know, try and position myself in a nice place for for the climbs and things like that. And then, you know, when if you imagine like your day can be you know fifteen twenty k shorter if you if you just roll in at the finish as opposed to like following the bunch all the way in, then you know. It, that even that you can you can save a lot back um because ultimately it's it's those finishing efforts that take the most out of us finally we hear from 19 year old great britain rider bob donaldson bob decided to record his dispatch outside so apologies for the sound interference when we're rich and famous here on the british continental we'll make sure we send our diarists some professional recording equipment rather than having to rely on their phones anyway here's bob Hello, it's Bob again after stage seven, another hard day out at Tour Britain. <sighs> it was a long day today. Um, I don't know why I'm putting on an accent, but yeah, it was a long day today. Um, we had a bit of a plan. Ben said it could be really easy to get into the break because of the narrow road, but um, it was far from that. Tried in the first moves and then again quick step attacked and we let them go and uh, it was flat out for about 20 minutes because Ineos didn't want to let it go really I don't think um, but yeah it was pretty flat out and then they did let it go and then they let the gap go really big um, and then they realised they couldn't let it go that big and pulled quite hard all day cross tailwind tailwind making it super wearing in the wheels it was just a long day out and yeah it was basically lined out all day in the gutter so you're just constantly on the pedals and it is so yeah it's hard and coming into the final we still thought we may as well sprint for reese uh, but reese attacked no 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 reese crashed on the last little chicane um yeah that was pretty good but i mean he's only for fifths and he's all right so it's not really the end of the world uh, but yeah that was stage seven it was legs are pretty tired now they were quite tired to begin with today and they didn't really get much better so hopefully tomorrow we can do a better job for reese he will have a better final really should do it's a lot flatter. There's a, looks like there's a grim climb tomorrow, but yeah, it'll be hard, probably. Um, yeah, there's a question from Twitter about how we find the strength to keep going when we're tired, and what motivates us to keep on going. And um, not really thought about the answer before doing this, but just, it's just programmed in there. I don't know. I don't really ever give up on many things, so. When it comes to cycling, I just, you don't want to drop that wheel ever, do you? Um, it's just in there, I guess. Just motivation is finishing the race, doing as best as you can, and yeah, proving to yourself that you have the legs. That's really it. But yeah, hopefully, I'll be back again tomorrow after a better day. Um, Thanks for listening.
thank you very much for listening if you enjoyed this episode then please do leave us a nice review you can subscribe on all the usual channels and you can follow us on social media on twitter we are at british conti and on instagram we are at the british continental and please do visit our website for more interviews journals previews and news at the britishcontinental.co.uk